0: There was one particular drill, called zigzag, that we did in practice every single day. It was a defensive drill that was difficult and physically exhausting. Though it's a great and effective drill, my teammates and I always dreaded it, but we always knew it was coming. Five years later, after the completion of my service in the United States Army, I was able to reunite with Coach Knight as a graduate assistant coach at Indiana for the 1974-1975 season. It was an unbelievable start for a coaching career because not only did I have the opportunity to work under the best in the business, but he also had the number one team in the country that year, with such standout players as Scott May, Kemp Benson, and Quinn Buckner. At our very first practice of the season, I was so excited just to be there, but I couldn't help but notice that we did not do the zigzag drill. In the locker room after practice, I was thinking about saying something to Coach Knight about it but I thought better of it and didn't say anything. Surely, we would do the drill tomorrow. The next day, we had a great practice, but again, no zigzag. That day, Coach Knight seemed like he was in a pretty good mood, and I was feeling sure of myself. Coach, I said to get his attention. What, he responded. I was already thinking that this was a mistake, but at this point, I had to say it. Well, at Army, We did the zigzag drill every single day, often multiple times. How come we haven't done it with this team? Coach Knight walked calmly over to me, put his hand on my shoulder and said, Michael, there's a big difference between you and Quinn Buckner. He was right. Drills like zigzag that are a necessity for some teams may not be appropriate for others. You have to adapt what you do based on who you are. A drill that Mike Krzyzewski needs to do every day, Quinn Buckner may never have to do or may only have to do it infrequently. Every player is different. Every team is different. And to merely apply a formula is not fair to those players or those teams. You can always learn something from great teachers. I had the privilege to learn from one of the best coaches of all time. From Coach Knight, I learned passion, commitment, persistence, and intensity. But I also learned adaptability. That lesson is the reason why I've written a different practice plan for every single practice of my career. In teaching, you must remember that no group or individual is the same as who you taught the day before, the year before, or the decade before. Your plan has to suit who you and your team are right now. You must always be willing to adapt. When you do, you and your team will be even more successful. Adversity. What I believe separates good teams and individuals from great ones is the manner in which they handle adversity. Do you let it beat you, or do you use it to make you better? Adversity can teach you more about yourself than any success, and overcoming an obstacle can sometimes feel even better than achieving an easy victory. Additionally, you can discover things about your endurance your ability to turn a negative into a positive, and your personal strength of heart. One of the greatest comments I ever heard about adversity came from the current Duke University president, Richard Broadhead. He said to me, you outlive your darkest day. In other words, failure can never be your destination. In adverse circumstances, you must remind yourself that this day is not your last. You will get through it, but can you use it to get better? Improvement comes as a result of adversity. It comes from learning about limits and how to break those limits. Whenever I face adversity, I look at the problem and then beyond the problem. I look for the solution and then I look for the positive impact it will have on me, my team, or my family. In the summer of 2003, after doing a speaking engagement in Colorado Springs, I heard on television the frightening news that my former Duke point guard, Jason Williams, had been in a horrific motorcycle accident. I immediately made calls to find out about Jason and learned that he was in serious condition and had been taken to a trauma center in Chicago. The initial prognosis was that he had a chance of losing his leg and never being able to walk again. I immediately changed my original schedule and flew to Chicago to be with him. On the flight... I thought about Jason's current condition and all that he had already accomplished in his young life. He was a Duke University graduate, a national champion, a two-time National Player of the Year, and he had his jersey retired and hanging from the rafters in Cameron Indoor Stadium. One thing that had always blown me away about Jason is that he was never afraid to make mistakes. In the 2001 National Championship game, Jason had only hit one three-pointer in 10 attempts. But going into the last few minutes of the game, I called a play for him to shoot another three. He was not afraid to take that next shot. And he hit the three that proved to be the biggest shot in the last few minutes of the game. As a result, we all became national champions. Jason was fearless because he grew up with great parents. Knowing that he had their unconditional love and support, and that a mistake was never the end-all. I tried to offer him the same type of support during his college career. His fearlessness made him one of the best players I ever coached. I will always remember walking into Jason's hospital room, seeing him in that condition.